I'm so excited to be here with you today to share the word of God with you. It is my privilege and my honor to stand before you today at the invitation of your senior pastor, Pastor Tony Benson. Uh, Pastor Benson, I, I love you. You're an inspiration to me. You have encouraged my heart and my soul in so many ways uh, as a young preacher trying to navigate planning a church here in the city of Wilmington, you are an inspiration to many. And so it is my joy to stand before you today again to bring the word of God, new direction. Y'all family, I love y'all, y'all are family, and it is just a joy for me to worship God with you today. And so I'm going to be bringing the word of God to you today, uh, and I'm going to be coming from Exodus chapter 9, Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. And so I'll read these words for your hearing, and then we'll, we'll jump into a time of prayer. Verse 16, I, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and it reads, however, I have let you live for this purpose. God is speaking to Pharaoh here. He says, to show you my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with me, God, as I communicate these words to your people. God, I pray that I might disappear up here, God, and that you might appear mightily before your people. God, let your word transform us. God, let your word renew us. And God, let your words change our lives because these words are life-changing. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, and speak through my mouth. And let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, who I place all my trust. And everybody said, amen, amen. Power, power is depicted in our culture as control. There, there are so many power struggles happening in our culture right now. We've just seen a transition of power take place politically in our, in our country. But even more than that, there are power struggles within your own life. Everything is fighting for control in your life. Relationships are fighting for control in your life. Your career is fighting for control in your life. Your family is fighting for control in your life. And everything seems to be fighting for control in your life. But I want to submit to you that power isn't about control at all. In fact, Webster defines power as the ability to produce an effect. And power is strength and giving that strength away to others. See, the culture is teaching us to accrue power for ourselves, but the scripture teaches us that the power we have is for others. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to walk us through this passage today in Exodus, and, and it is my design and my desire today to help us to see this, that purpose 
has power. And I, and I want to tag this as, as purposeful power for that reason because purpose is defined as the reason for which something is done or created. And my argument today is this, is that your purpose is the exhibition of God's power in your life. So I want you to see this. I want you to see this idea here. He tells them here in this passage that life has purpose. Let me walk us back here for context sake to, to verse 13 as we look at this, this, this passage that's speaking to us about the plagues that came upon Egypt in order for God to liberate his people from the bondage of Egypt. Now, this is the seventh plague that we're looking at in this passage. And ironically, it has the longest explanation of any of the plagues that we will see in this pericope. And so what I want us to see here, verse 13, he goes back and he says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and present yourself to Pharaoh and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. And here's what he tells them. We all, we all have heard it before. We've all seen the movie. He said, let my people go. But there's a rationale there for letting his people go. There's a rationale there for the release from bondage of his people. And the rationale there is this. It's so that my people may worship me. See, there are so many things in your life that may be holding you bondage. There are so many difficulties in your life that may be challenging you. There are so many things in your life that are trying to grip you around the neck. But God will free you from those things so that you might worship him. See, God told Pharaoh that he was getting ready to experience the full weight of his plagues. He told Pharaoh that he was getting ready to experience the full force of everything that he was getting ready to bring on to him. And he was going to receive what he wanted to receive from Pharaoh. And that's just, I want to pause parenthetically to let you know that God will get from your life exactly what he wants to get out of your life. See, you might, be in, uh, you might be facing difficulty, you might be facing challenge, you might even be running away from God, but I want to submit to you today is that God will get what he wants to get out of your life. And the thing that God wants to get out of your life is his own glory. The thing that God wants to receive from your life is worship. God wants to receive worship from your life. He tells Pharaoh, he tells Moses to tell Pharaoh here, let my people go so that they might worship me. For this time, I'm about to send all my plagues against you, your, your, your officials, your people, and then you will know that there is no one like me on the whole earth. I want to submit to us is that plagues are supernatural in their design. Plagues have a supernatural demonstration of God's divine power in our lives. See, we, we face so many plagues in our lives, so many challenges in our life, and in fact, we are in the midst of what some people refer to as a plague with this pandemic that we are in the midst of. 
And as we're in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this plague, we oftentimes we forget to remember that God is still in control regardless of what the situation might be. We forget to remember that God is in control of every circumstance in our life. We forget that God is the one who is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And I want to submit to you today is that plagues have purpose. See, plagues have purpose in your life. The plagues that you go through in your life, they are to, de- to dis- demonstrate the divine power of God in your life. In another word, a theologian, Phil Riken, he says this. He says, listen, the plagues were miracles. And I want to submit to you parenthetically that some of the plagues that are designed to be, that are in your life, they are designed to be a miracle in your life. See, some of the plagues that happen to you, some of the circumstances that come up in your life, they are designed to be miracles in your life. And I'm going to submit this to you, is that life, life, life has purpose. See, it's interesting because nothing will take you down like life. (laughs) See, nothing will hit you harder than life will hit you. See, nothing will turn your skies into darkness like life will. See, in the context of this passage, nothing will turn your waters into blood like life. See, nothing will send locusts to eat up the crops in your life like life will do. And see, I want you to know this, and I want you to remember as you are walking throughout this life is that life has purpose. See, the plagues were part of God's plan, watch this, to bring Israel out of bondage. See, the plagues were designed to bring God's people out of bondage. And so in another word, plagues have purpose. I want you to gather what I'm saying here. I want you to catch the drift of what I'm putting out to you. And, and, and th- I want to submit to you is that plagues have three purposes in this passage. In verse 14, it tells us that the plagues were designed to display the uniqueness of God's omnipotence. Verse 14, it reads like this. It says, it says for this time, I'm about to send all my plagues against you, your officials, and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in the whole earth. See, I want to submit to you is that there is no one like our God. (laughs) There is no one like our God. See, the uniqueness of God's, uh, the uniqueness of God's omnipotence is shown in this passage as he's telling Pharaoh, listen, you're about to find out, you're about to see, you've got a whole pantheon of gods that you worship, but I am the one true God. You're getting ready to see that all of those gods that you think are gods, the sun and all those different things that you think are God. They are not, in fact, God. Yet, I am God, and I'm getting ready to demonstrate my power to you. The next purpose that plagues have is to display the universality of God's praise. Verse 16, he says, however, I have let you live for this purpose, to show you my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. See, plagues are designed to produce praise. 
See, the, 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 we're, we're told in the scriptures to rejoice in our sufferings. We're told to rejoice in our trials. We're told to rejoice in those things. Why? Because those things are producing something in us. And as we see here, the universality of God's praise, he says, my name's going to be known throughout the whole earth through what I'm getting ready to do. And that's what God wants to do through his people. He wants to make his name known throughout the whole earth through his people. And yes, he will bring you through trials. Yes, he will bring you through difficulty. Yes, he will bring you through circumstances. But it is only produced to, to produce the praise of his name. The last purpose that I want us to see is that it is to display the unlimited power of God over all creation. Verse 29 Moses said to them, he says, when I have left the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail so that you may know the earth belongs to the Lord. God is teaching them that his power is over all creation. His power is over the thunder. His power is over the earth. His power is over the hailstorms in your life. His power is over the turbulence in your life. His power is over everything in your life. And I'm laying a foundation here because I want us to see here is that power in our life is displayed by God working out his purpose in us. See, the God of the Hebrews... He had had it with Pharaoh by the time we get to our verse today. He had had it with him. And that's a bad place to be, y'all, when God has had it with you. But he had it with Pharaoh. But he still had purpose for him. That's so good to me. See, you might feel like God is done with you. You might feel like God is finished with you. You may feel like you've messed up too bad for God to want anything to do with you. But I want to encourage you today is that God has purpose for you. He tells him, he says, listen, by this point, I could have wiped you off the face of the whole earth. However... He tells him, I, I, I could have obliterated you from the whole earth, Pharaoh, but I've got purpose for you. And can anyone be honest and recognize that God should have obliterated you because of your sin? Can anyone be honest and admit that there are some things in your life that you have done, some sins that you have committed that God should have taken you clean out of here for? But if it had not been for the grace of Jesus in your life, if it had not been for the blood of Jesus in your life, you would have been obliterated from this earth. Parenthetically, I want to submit to you that there are some people in your life <laughs> who should have gotten cut off, but God is doing a work in you. See, I want to submit to you that there are some people in your life who did some craziness to you that should have gotten them hurt, but God has kept them alive. See, there are some people in your life who done some stupid stuff to you and talked about you in certain ways and did some things against you, but God was doing something in you that kept them alive. And I want to submit to you today that the reason that God held you back from responding how you should have responded was because of the however in your life. 
I want to submit to you is that the reason that God held you back from acting like a fool is because of the however that he has over your life. However, however, God has something in your life. If you're listening and that is touching your heart, comment in the chat section, however. If God is working in you and he's doing something in your life and he's producing a however in your life, just comment in that chat, however. See, power is recognizing your however. He tells them this. He says, listen, Pharaoh, however, I have let you live. (laughs) See, God kept Pharaoh around. In other words, he says, he says, I'm letting you remain here. I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity here. And, and God is keeping Pharaoh around in order to give him an opportunity to turn to him and to obey what he says to him. And he tells him, he says, listen, I'm giving you this opportunity to stand up right before me. He's letting them know. He said, listen, Pharaoh, I let you live. And listen, I want you to know is that God is keeping you around to give you an opportunity to stand up right as well. See, there are some things in your life, there are places in your life where you have failed to follow the commands of God in your life, but yet God has still let you live in order to give you an opportunity to get it right. And see, listen, we got to take that opportunity. We've got to walk with that opportunity in our minds and know is that, listen, God is the God of another chance. See, they say he's the God of a second chance, but that's not true. God is the God of another chance. See, he'll give you another chance, and 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 he'll give you another chance because his son has already secured your place in him. See, you got to know this, is that this word, this idea here that he let them live, this idea here, it suggests to us, and I want to submit this to you, that this idea here, he's pointing us to this reality that he let him live because he has appointed him. Who, Who knows this is from Esther chapter 4, verse 14. I, I got the opportunity to take my, my wife and my, my girls to, to go see, to see the story of Esther at the Sight and Sound Museum over the summer. And, and it was an amazing production as we saw it. We watched the whole thing, and it was just amazing. They had animals all over the place, elephants walking down the aisles, horses and stuff like that. But when we got there... It was such a powerful moment at, towards the middle of, of, the, of the episode. And you all know this passage. Uh, but he says in, in Esther verse four, uh, first, chapter 14, verse 14, he says, Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And I want to submit to you is that power is knowing that you've been appointed for this. See, the suffering that you're going through, God says you've been appointed for this. The trials that you're going through in your life, God is letting you know that you have been appointed for this because the trials in your life, the plagues in your life are designed to produce something in your life. And God is letting you know that you have been appointed for this. Power is knowing that you've been appointed for this. This idea, this word here, when I look this word up for, for this, 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 this phrase here, it, it, it defines on these conditions. 
or for this cause. God is saying, I, I, I've let you live for this cause. But it, it talks about, this word also suggests that he lets you live for this or that. And it brought my mind back to the 1991 Black Sheep song that was recorded uh, that was called The Choice Is Yours. And it goes, you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. I think you'll get with this because this is where it's at. And I want you to know this is that the power of purpose is that the choice is yours. See, the power of purpose is that the choice is yours. See, it was, it was a really positive song. See, we heard that song, and we, and we, we hear it, and, you know, some of us who, who, who know that song, who are around for that song, we bop our heads to that song and all that stuff like that. But it was a really powerful song that pointed to the differences of being who you were appointed to be or, as opposed to being, being the person who the culture tells you that you should be. So if you remember the video, if you're old enough to remember the video, you'll see images popping up that refer to sex, drugs, money, violence, politics. And as he's pointing, he's saying, you can get with this or you can get with that. He's pointing them to the antithesis of things, and he's showing them. He recognized, black sheep, the group recognized, there are some things that were just not for them because it's not what they were appointed to be. And I want to encourage you to know that there are some things that are just not for you because it's not what God has appointed for you in your life. And the challenge in our life is that we are always chasing after things that were not appointed for us. We're always chasing after stuff that God had not designed for our lives. We're always chasing after people that God didn't intend to be in our lives. And then we turn around and wonder why we're going through so much relational trauma is because we are not submitting ourselves to God's plan for our lives. We're not submitting ourselves to what God has appointed for us. And you've got to recognize there, there are some things that are just not for you if you're going to walk in your purpose. He tells them, he says, listen, I've kept you alive. I have let you live for this purpose. See, purpose is the price for which anything is transferred from one owner to another. And that's so important. It's because oftentimes we think that the purpose in our lives is something that we come up with. But the purpose in your life is something that God transfers to you. The purpose in your life is something that God deposits into you. We see that in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. It says that the, the master gave to them of his own possessions, and he told them to go do something with it. And so he gave to them out of what he had. And that's why God is not impressed with your gifts and your talents. That's why God is not impressed by how well you can sing or play. That's why God is not impressed by how well you can administrate or do the various things that you do well is because. God has transferred that to you. And purpose refers to the transfer of ownership. See, when God gives you a purpose, he divinely deposits his plans for your life into your soul. And purpose is defined 
as the reason, remember, for which something is created. And you have purpose that will bring glory to God and share the grace of God and extend his reign and rule throughout the whole earth. See, the word for purpose refers to, listen to this, for the price which anything is transferred. And I want to submit to you is that your purpose has a price. (laughs) Your purpose has a price. And see, power is about knowing the price of your purpose. See, purpose will have you doing some late nights and some early mornings. Purpose will have you missing out on some hangouts and some meetups. Purpose will have you fighting between pleasure-filled and purpose-filled moments. Purpose will have you making decisions about your life that are not always comfortable, but because you know you've got purpose, you choose those things. See, this is for free. Everyone can't handle the price of being associated with your purpose. (laughs) See, sometimes people won't stick around, not because they don't like you or that they don't want to be around you, but it's because they can't handle the cost of being associated with your purpose. See, sometimes your purpose is too rich for some people's blood. Sometimes it doesn't seem fair, but there is weight attached to being associated with the purpose that God has for you. And listen, I want to help the ladies right now. See, if you want a strong man, find you a man who has purpose in his life. See, men with purpose... They oftentimes don't cheat because they're pursuing a purpose that God has given to you. See, men with purpose, oftentimes they will walk along the straight and narrow is because they are pursuing a purpose that God has placed in their life. And here's how I know. Here's how I know that. Here's how I know is because purpose will make you powerful. It makes you powerful because when you know your purpose, you can't be swayed by dissenters, distractors or disruptors. You don't believe me? Ask Nehemiah, who says in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, he said, it says, so the messengers went to him and saying, he, he sent messengers to them and said to them, he says, I'm doing an important work up here and I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down and go chit-chat with you? And this is what I want you to understand here is that understanding your purpose starts with the word of God. So you got to search your scripture, the scriptures to find out what God has purpose for your life. And when you search the scriptures to find your purpose, here is what you will find. Psalm 20 and 4, he says, may he give you what your heart desires and fulfill your whole purpose. And God wants to do something in and through his people. God wants to work some things out in his people. He wants to do some things through us because I need you to see this is purpose has power. Here's what he says to me. He says, listen, I've kept you alive. I have let you live for this purpose to show you my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. This idea here of him showing his power, he's, he's telling them, he says, listen, I'm exhibiting my power to you. I'm, 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 I'm setting you up to be able to gaze at my power. And whatever your purpose is, your purpose is to be an instrument of God's power in the earth. 
whatever your purpose is. See, people spend their whole life trying to figure out what's my purpose? What is my what am I supposed to do? How what does God want for me in my life? People rack their brains over that kind of stuff. But I want you to know whatever your purpose is, your purpose is to be an instrument of God's power on the earth. And here's what it should do: your purpose should cause people to gaze at the power of God. See, oftentimes, here's where we get in trouble is because the reason why we want to figure out our purpose so bad is so that people can gaze at us. See, when we want, we want to figure out our purpose is so people can look at us and say how great we are. We want people to see our purpose and to, and to, and to give us accolades and to acknowledge us. But the truth of the matter is, is that your purpose is designed to point people to gaze at the power of our God. Your purpose should cause people to look intently at God. And your purpose here, here, your purpose here is to help people know where to look. <laughs> See, you got to help people know where to look. We, we, we get so caught up in this life. We get so caught up in our culture. Everything in our culture is about getting your brand out there. Everything in our culture is about getting the most likes on Instagram. Everything in our culture is about getting the most comments on your Facebook post. Everything in our life is about people looking at us and seeing us. But the reality of walking in purpose is that when you walk in purpose, you point people to the God of the universe universe. He tells him, he says, listen, this is to show off my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. This word for power is the Hebrew word which means strength, might, or capacity. See, your power, your, your purpose, excuse me, your purpose displays the capacity of God. See, capacity is defined as the maximum amount that something can contain. And Romans 11, 33 tells us, he says, oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how untraceable are his ways. When you walk in your purpose, you point people to the capacity of God, which is limitless. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think in our lives. And that's because capacity is about the maximum amount that some can produce as well. So Ephesians 3.20 tells us that he can do more than we could ever expect him to do. He can do abundantly more than what we can think he can do. And that's what this is about. Power is about knowing the capacity of God. See, purpose says that we are to exhibit God's capacity. So that means that we have capacity. And capacity, I want you to see this, capacity is greater than potential. See, potential is limited, but capacity is unlimited. Potential looks at the circumstance, but capacity looks at the creator. Potential leads to human effort and failure, but capacity leads to deeper faith and provision. Potential leaves us with scarcity and fear, but capacity moves us towards wisdom of God. And what I want you to see here is that power is believing in God's capacity over your potential. See, you've got to believe in God's capacity in your life over your potential. 
When you believe in God's capacity, you believe that God is able to make something out of nothing. When you believe in God's capacity, you believe that God is able to work out miracles in the midst of your relationship that seems to be deteriorating right in front of you. Capacity is believing that God is able to fix your broken marriage despite your effort. Capacity is believing that God is able to to help you through your unemployment when you can't see where the money is going to come from. Capacity is about believing that God is able to produce something in your life. And our capacity is designed and purpose to make God's name known. This is the critical point here that I want us to walk away with, is that capacity is designed, your purpose is designed to point you, point people to the name of God and to make his name known. He tells them this, he says, my name, That speaks about the reputation, fame, and glory of God. See, your purpose is to expand his reputation and not your own. Your purpose is to extend his fame and not your own. Your purpose is to extricate his glory and not your own glory. And he says to them, he says, I'm doing this, Pharaoh. I'm, I'm doing this in your life in order to make my power known, in order to make my name known throughout the earth. And here's what you've got to see here is that power is about recounting the name of God through your purpose. Power is inscribing the name of God through you walking, walking in the purpose that God has placed in your life. When you walk in what God has designed for you, you inscribe his name on every place that you walk. When you walk in the purpose that God has given to you, you mark his name in every space and place that you walk into. See, when you walk, every room that you walk into, people ought to recognize that there is something about you that is different that should cause them to look towards the God who you serve. And see, we get so caught up in trying to be like the world. We get so caught up in trying to be like the culture that we forget that God has set us apart. He has set us apart for his glory. And and I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Is that here in this passage, he says, he says, listen, I'm doing this to make my my name known on the earth. And so I want to ask you this question. What is his name? (laughs) What is his name? What is the name that is inscribed on your heart? What is the name that, that gets scored every time you walk into various places and spaces? What is the name that receives glory when you go about your daily life and do the things that God has called you to do? And I want to submit to you today is that Jesus is his name. And that Jesus has been given a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue is going to confess. At the name of Jesus, every person who ever existed on the planet is going to recognize that Jesus Christ is in fact Lord. I want to close with this. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Paul writes here. Paul is 
is getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And as he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem, they were trying to stop him from going because they, they knew that when he got there that he was going to find himself in chains and he was going to find himself in trouble. And so they begin to weep and to cry and they begin to, 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 to plead with Paul not to go. But Paul tells them in, in Acts 20, verse 24, he says, listen, I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the grace, to the gospel of God's grace in my life. And family, I want to submit to us today is that your purpose, I don't know what God has specifically called each of you to do. I don't know the path that God has called each one of you to walk on. But what I do know is this, is that your purpose is to testify to the gospel of God's grace in your life. See, God is able to save. God is able to deliver. And I want you to know this, is that God was so intent on his name receiving glory that one day 2,000 years ago, he sent his son into the world to die for our sins. And he sent his son into the world so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. John chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that. But it was God's intention, it was his purpose that each of us would be ambassadors of that same grace. That each of us would tell the story over and over and over again about a God who came to save. And maybe you're listening today, maybe you're watching, and you don't know this Jesus. You don't know about this Jesus who placed purpose into your heart and who calls you to walk before him. But I want to encourage you that Jesus, he was the son of God. And he came into the world, born as an infant, at the commission of his father. Was raised, lived a perfect life, committed no sin. But yet he would be taken to a cross to die for each of our sins. But he was taken to that cross as a criminal, even though he committed no crime. He was taken to that cross. Rome's perfected form of execution was crucifixion. And the perfect Lamb of God would be crucified for you and for me. But that's not it. Because the good news is, after three days, the scripture tells us that he got up from that grave, conquering sin and death for eternity, so that any and all who would come to trust in his name would receive salvation from their sins and be able to receive the gift 
eternal life in him. And that gift can be yours. All you have to do is place your faith and trust in Jesus. The scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you can be saved. And if that's you, we want to pray for you. If you want to give your life back to Jesus, we want to pray for you. If you want to give your life over to him, we, we want to pray with you. Maybe you've been wandering from Jesus. <laughs> Maybe you've been, you've turned away from his commands. You've turned away from his desire and his purpose for your life. There's space for you too. Remember, God is not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance. You can turn to him. You can turn back to Jesus. He's able to turn your life around. You might say, Pastor Derek, I've done too much stuff. I, I, I've been out here tripping. I've been bugging, wilding out. God has grace for you as well. All you have to do is turn to Jesus. Trust in him. Submit your life to his leadership and to his commands and get yourself connected into a Bible-believing church just like this one. And if you're looking for a church... New Direction is an amazing church. You can get connected here. You can get connected in community here with other brothers and sisters. And I know it's a pandemic. I know we're supposed to socially distance and all that, physically distance from one another. But the body of Christ needs one another. And you cannot live this life on your own. You need brothers and sisters to encourage you along this way. And it's my prayer for you. If you need the grace of God in your life, and I'll give you a hint, every one of us needs the grace of God in our life every single day. We need to be reminded of the gospel of God's grace every single day, which tells us that we are sinners in need of God's grace, that we don't get it right. In fact, we get it wrong grace of God in our lives is able to keep us. Won't you trust him today? Won't you trust Jesus today? He's got purpose for your life. He's got purpose for you. And whatever that purpose is, you get the opportunity to make his name known throughout the whole earth. Family, we love you pray for you. Ask God's blessing over you. And God, I pray right now, by your spirit, God, use these words through this broken vessel to transform a life today. God, after all that was said, all that was spoken, every word that was preached, God, we pray for just one. We know you'll exceed our expectations. So God, we thank you. We love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise today. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. With thanksgiving in my heart. Knowing that you will do everything that you said you would. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Grace and peace, man.